Praise the Lord, everybody. Amen. So good to be in the house of the Lord this morning. Amen. Sweet presence of the Lord that we feel. Amen. Thankful for the presence of the Lord. Amen. I just tell you, I would hate to come to God's house and him not be there. Amen. I've gone to visit folks a time or two and they've not been home. It's a little bit disappointing. Amen. But I'll tell you, it's nothing like coming to talk to God and him not be here. Amen. I'm thankful he's here. Praise God. If you turn with me in your Bibles this morning to 1 Corinthians chapter 15. Amen. Amen. Excited about what God is doing. Amen. God is moving. Got to thinking about some things yesterday and I just got excited all over again. Amen. God's good. He's really good. Amen. First Corinthians chapter 15 and verse number one says, Moreover, brethren, I declare unto you the gospel, which I preached unto you, which also ye have received, and wherein ye stand, by which also ye are saved, if ye keep in memory what I preached unto you, unless ye have believed in vain. For I delivered unto you, first of all, that which I also received, how that Christ died for our sins according to the Scriptures, that he was buried, and that he rose again the third day according to the Scriptures. Praise God. For a few minutes this morning, let's preach on the subject. Through the blood. Through the blood. Hallelujah. Can you lift your hands? Ask God to have his way in this place. Lord, we love you, Jesus. God, we thank you for your presence. We thank you, Lord, for your touch. God, we need you in this place today, Jesus. Hallelujah, hallelujah, hallelujah. God, you are mighty and wonderful, Jesus. I love you, Jesus. I love you, Jesus. I love you, Jesus. Hallelujah, 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 hallelujah. Glory to God, glory to God, glory to God. You are wonderful, Lord. You are wonderful, Lord. Hallelujah, hallelujah, hallelujah. Oh, I bless your name. I bless your name. I bless your name, Jesus. Hallelujah, hallelujah, hallelujah. Praise God, praise God, praise God. Amen, amen. And you may be seated. Praise God. If you look back into the Old Testament, amen, we have heard of the great deliverance that God brought to his people when he led them out of Egypt delivered them by a great deliverance and they made their way into the wilderness and God desired to have a place a what we call the tabernacle a place of worship in the wilderness in Exodus chapters 30 through 40 he gives the directions on how they were to build this tabernacle they did not have any say in how it was going to be built he gave them exact directions. He basically said, thou shalt make it, and they made it. Amen. And there's a lot of things we could take a lot of lessons from that. Because when God says, thou shalt, that's exactly what God means. Well, hallelujah. There's a lot of things in the Bible that are absolutes. God said, thou shalt not, or thou shalt do. And we have to live by the commandments of God. 
Amen. We can't go do our own thing and build this thing how we want to build it. But we've got to build it by the directions that God has laid in place. Amen. And so they began to obey his commandments. Amen. The outer court was a rectangle, 50 cubits or about approximately 75 feet by 100 cubits or 150 feet. It was screened or fenced by white linen curtains that were five cubits high. The only entrance they had to this place was on the east side. The east side was also where Judah was encamped. Amen. Before you could get to the tabernacle, you had to pass through Judah. Judah means praise. You had to pass through praise. Hallelujah. The Bible says, I will enter his gates with thanksgiving, into his courts with praise. Amen. We come in this place with praise, not because that's all we're looking for, but we're trying to get to the tabernacle. We're trying to get to that place in God, and we get there by going through praise. Hallelujah. I tell you what, when you come in with a heart of thanksgiving and a heart of praise, not caring about what you may have gone through that day or what may be facing you tomorrow, but right now you're focused in on just praising him and touching him, you can walk out of the house of God with your need met because you got in the spirit. You praised your way to where you needed to get to, where God could reach down and do a work. Hallelujah, if we come and just sit on our hands and make everybody else do the work, we're going to leave exactly the way we came. But when we come in with that heart, I said, God, I'm just here to praise you. I'm just here to lift you up. God, I need something. But if I don't get it, I'm still going to praise you. I'm still going to lift you up. I tell you, if you bring that attitude, you'll walk out with your need met. You'll walk out with that gift you need. If you're willing to praise, him with your whole heart. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Amen. You couldn't get to the gate of the house of God without passing through praise. Woo. Hallelujah. Amen. When you pass through the gate, the first saying that you found was the altar. Amen. That altar was built. It was very large. Everything else in the tabernacle, they say, could have fit inside of the altar. Amen. The altar was not a clean, meticulous place. Amen. It was not a place with polished gold and brass. It wasn't a place that was beautiful. It was a place that had lots and lots of blood. Hundreds, yea, thousands of animals offered upon that altar. Blood being poured out on that altar. It was not a pretty place. Amen. Beyond the altar was that brazen labor where the priest had to wash before entering the holy place and when leaving the holy place. Uh, the holy place contained the table of showbread, the candlestick, and the altar of incense. The holy of holies contained uh, the ark of the covenant, the ark of the covenant covered uh, by the mercy seat where that one time a year that high priest would go in there and put the blood uh, on the mercy seat. Hallelujah. But before you could get to the labor, before you could get to the table of showbread, before you could get to the candlestick or the altar of incense, before you could get into the holy of holies, you could not get there without passing through the blood. 
Hallelujah. If you think that you can skirt around the blood and get to salvation, you're fooling yourself. We get nowhere but by going through the blood. Amen. Before they can be cleansed at the labor, in order to enter into the holy place, in order to get into the holies of holies, they first had to pass through the blood. Hallelujah, I know the blood. I'm telling you what, it's an old-fashioned message, but I'm telling you, it's the only way that we can get to the place of cleansing. It's the only way we can get into his presence and be filled with his spirit is by going through the blood. Hallelujah, that altar is a place of repentance. Amen. We're back here again. I feel this so strongly this morning. Amen. It is a place of repentance. Amen. It wasn't a place where people only went one time in their life either. Hallelujah. But they had to come back continually. That that altar's a place where the old man dies, where we crucify this old flesh, where we lay down our wills, where we lay down ourselves and crucify the flesh. Hallelujah. Once we, of course, hit that place of repentance, then we can make our way to the labor, amen, where we can be cleansed when we go down the waters of baptism and cleanse our sins washed away before you can get into the holies of holies. Hallelujah. You can't get there without passing through the blood. Amen. I... A few times in my life have been fortunate enough to not have deer tag soup for supper and actually use my deer tag on a deer. Amen. And uh, I'm telling you, you kill that thing, there's, the fun is over. Amen. The next part of it for a weak-stomached fellow like myself is no fun. Amen. Because you got to clean that thing out. And there's lots of blood involved. There's stench involved. Especially if you do like I did a couple times and get it this little far back. Amen. Archery hunting, I, I, I got one one time just a little bit far back. Praise God. And Amen. When we cut into that thing, I was done. Praise the Lord. And Amen. Thankful my dad had a strong stomach and he just gave me a look at disgust. And he stepped in and I went about 20 feet away and watched. Praise the Lord. But, but there's stench involved. There's blood and lots of blood. Lots of blood. Amen. And I've been around when they killed a cow one time. We butchered a beef and there was a lot of blood. And yet you think about how much blood there was in that altar area. There's blood everywhere. It's a nasty place. But you couldn't get beyond it without stopping by the blood. Adam and Eve, they were there living in the garden in that perfect place, that utopia, if you would. Amen. When Eve was tempted and they looked at that tree, the knowledge of good and of evil, they were not to eat of. And she looked and she saw that it was good to eat. Amen. There's folks that still look at things they shouldn't look at. Amen. See that it's good to eat and they partake of it and sin enters into life. Amen. Wherefore, by one man sin entered into the world. 
So death, so death passed upon all men, for that all have sinned. Come short of the glory of God. We've all sinned. And there they were. They, were, they sinned. And they, after they ate this fruit, they realized that they were naked. And they made aprons of leaves to clothe themselves with. And, uh, and God came like he did in the cool of the evening. And uh, he began to call for Adam. And Adam was hiding from God. Amen. That, I'm just going to tell you, if you're trying to hide today, you're, it's a fruitless expedition. You cannot hide from God. You are wasting your time. You cannot hide from him. I don't care where you're at. I don't care what you've done. You cannot hide it from him. Amen. I believe that God knew where Adam was the whole time. God knew what Adam had done. And he came down to see what Adam would do. And there's Adam hiding himself. And God said, where are you, Adam? He said, I'm over here. He said, why are you hiding? He said, because I'm naked. Whoops. And God says, who who told you you're naked? Oh, whoops. See, that's the problem. We try to hide things, but eventually it's going to work its way out. He said, who told you you was naked? And all of a sudden, God went and made them robes of animal skins. Amen. And in order to get the skins, I'm sure he had to kill the animal. Blood was shed because of sin. Amen. Sin would require a blood sacrifice. They would bring their sin offering to the tabernacle where it would be killed and offered on the altar. It had to be a perfect specimen with no spot or wrinkle. Amen. Nobody would probably care if they could have brought the runt of the litter. They could have brought that one that was all scraggly looking and nasty looking and wouldn't, wouldn't get no size to it. Its coat was matted and ugly. and Well, that would have been an easy one to offer. But God said, no, because sacrifice, in order for it to be sacrificed, you got to feel it. Amen. If you're not feeling it, it ain't sacrifice. If it's an easy thing to do, then it's probably not real sacrifice. If it's the easiest animal to give up, then it really doesn't mean a whole lot. Amen. But when it's the best that you've got in your flock, and when it's that perfect animal with no spot, it is your perfect animal. It it means a little bit when you offer that one to God. A perfect sacrifice. Amen. Had to be the very best that they could offer. I'll tell you what, David one time, he sinned and numbered the people and a pestilence came upon Israel and they were, there was men dying left and right and they, the, 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 the death angel was stopped at the threshing floor of Aruna and there the prophet Gad came to David and told him he needed to offer sacrifice. So he, he went to Aruna and asked for the, if he could buy the threshing floor and he said, no, I'll give it to you and I'll even give you the sacrifice. And David said, it ain't no sacrifice to me if I don't pay for it. So he bought the threshing floor and bought the sacrifice because it had to cost something. I'm just going to say sometimes we have to give up some things when we come to an altar. 
We've got to be willing to lay down whatever it is that's keeping us back from God. We've got to offer everything. We've got to give him the things that we want to give him. We've got to give him the things that we really don't want to give him. We have to give everything and give our all to him. When we come to the altar, it's got to be a perfect sacrifice. Hallelujah. Amen. But it required this perfect sacrifice to be shed, the blood to be shed. Amen. And he knew, amen, that there was no way that any man could be perfect to be the sacrifice for all the sins of man. And so God robed himself in flesh and came to be the sacrifice for our sin. I know we're getting close to the time of year where we celebrate the birth of Jesus, but I believe with everything in me, the entire reason for the birth of Jesus was because he came here to be that sacrifice for our sin. Amen. We get excited about his miracles and his teaching and all the great things he did in his earthly ministry. But I tell you, the entire reason he came and robed himself in flesh was because he knew that man would have sin in his life and there needed to be a perfect sacrifice. And so he came to be that lamb slain from the foundation of the world. Matthew chapter 20 and verse 28 says, Even as the Son of Man came, not to be ministered unto, but to minister, and to give his life a ransom for many. He was perfect in all his ways, tempted in all ways, like as we yet without sin. He knew no sin. 2 Corinthians 5 and 21, for he hath made him to be sin for us who knew no sin, that we might be made the righteousness of God in him. He knew no sin yet. He went as that sacrifice for our sin. Hallelujah. We, we read the story and amen of how he was taken Judas betraying him with that kiss of betrayal. Amen. For 30 pieces of silver. And they go into the garden there. And he kisses him. And, and they take him and begin a mockery of a trial. Amen. They bring false witnesses that were so blatantly false that nobody believed them. They couldn't find any that could accuse him. Yet there were folks rapidly desiring him to die. Wanting it beyond anything else, beyond reason. They wanted him dead. Read the story for yourself. Amen. They wanted him dead so much that they chose a vile murderer to be set free instead of the perfect man, Jesus. I've always wondered if there weren't some in that crowd that were there because he had healed them. I've always wondered if maybe there was somebody in that crowd that was there and partook of the bread and the fish that day that he fed the 5,000. I wonder if there were some that were there to witness the miracles that he performed. Ooh, it's quiet now. But they cried, crucify him. Crucify him! Crucify him! 
you imagine standing there looking out over a crowd beat to pieces? You've been punched. You've been slapped. You've had your hair yanked out. You've been scourged with that whip. You've got blood. You're weak. Your body's torn to pieces. And look out there and see somebody that you touched with your gentle hands that was sick unto death and they're no longer sick. Could you imagine looking out there at somebody that you fed, that you took care of, and to see them crying out for your blood? But the Bible said that as a sheep before his shears is dumb, so he opened not his mouth. Amen. He would not defend himself to the fact that they marveled that he would not talk. Because he knew his purpose was to die. If he hadn't wanted to die, there weren't enough centurions in Rome to get him to the cross. Well, He chose and submitted and humbled himself to death, even the death of the cross. They took him, they mocked him, clothed him in a purple robe and put a crown of thorns on his head. Called him, hail, king of the Jews. As they led him to Calvary. Nailed him to a cross where he suffered it. And finally, he stated it. Well, let me step back just here. While nailed to the cross, with that back that was torn to pieces, rubbing against that rough-hewn wood, the blood dripping from his hands and from his feet, he looked out at the people and he said, Father, forgive them, for they know not what they This ain't even part of my notes today, but I'm telling you, if he could do that while on the cross, how much more should we be willing to forgive those who have done a little something to us? If he who so unjustly was taken and killed without reason in the process of dying, Forgave the ones who put him there. And yet sometimes we will hold a grudge against somebody for years. Because of a little offense somewhere in the past. This is way away from my notes today, but I've been reading in a book. It's a book about offense called The Bait of Satan. Just read a chapter in it yesterday that has just stood in my mind. It's a principle that I have preached many times, but it just, it's just reaffirmed it, I guess. But how, if you want to be forgiven, and who doesn't want to be forgiven? We all want to be forgiven. But the Word of God says that you will not be forgiven if you don't forgive the ones who have done things against you. 
That if you can't forgive your brother or your sister or those that have done you wrong, then God will not forgive you. Whew. But Jesus stood there or hung there on the cross and forgave them. And then finally, he stated, it is finished. And he there gave up the ghost, the Bible says, and died. They buried him in a borrowed tomb and rose again the third day. Amen. You see, the reason why he went was because blood was required. Because of my sin. Blood was required because of my sin. Amen. I needed the blood of Jesus. I stood in need of his blood. Because of things that I chose to do. In a way that I chose to go. And because of that, he went to Calvary and died for me. Because of my sin. Hebrews chapter 9 and verse 22 says, And almost all things are by the law purged with blood. And without shedding of blood is no remission. He knew we needed his blood. He knew that we needed that sacrifice. That we couldn't get to the place of cleansing without going through the blood. That we couldn't live with his spirit inside and dwelling with us if we didn't go through the blood. The only part of salvation, I, I say this, I understand that there's parts of it that we control, but I'm telling you, repentance is the one thing that we really have to do ourselves. Amen. It's, it's next to impossible to baptize yourself. You've got to submit yourself to it, but somebody else baptizes you. And then he gives you the Holy Ghost. But what we have to do is we have to somewhere find that place where we can humble ourselves and go to an altar of repentance. Amen. I don't care if you've lived for God a hundred years or you've never lived for him before. I'm telling you, you still got to find an altar. You better have an altar in your life. You better have that place as a, a regular place in your life where you can go through the blood. First John chapter 1. Verse number six says, if we say that we have fellowship with him and walk in darkness, we lie and do not the truth. Oh, I've got a relationship with him, but yet we're walking in darkness. We are fooling ourselves. But if we walk in the light as he is in the light, we have fellowship one with another and the blood of Jesus Christ, his son, cleanseth us from all sin. It cleanseth us from all sin. All sin. All sin. Whether it's something that we call small 
or something we call big. He said his blood will cleanse us from all sin. I had a very unique experience one time, about eight, nine years ago, just 30 miles, 20, 30 miles from here in Lansing, Kansas. Preached in the Lansing Correctional Facility in the Maximum Security Unit. And uh, there was a man in that service that was serving 700 years. 700 years. Amen. There were men in there that had done all types of things. Vile things. One of the saddest things about that experience was looking out there and having someone to point out three men sitting together. That was father, son, and grandfather. All three in the same prison for three different offenses in the same unit. Sin had just gone from generation to generation to generation. But I sat there and watched that service at the end when we had our altar call as these men that had done so many things came with tears flowing down their face, began to repent. And I believe that Jesus forgave them of all their sin. Whew. Baptized ten, 10 of those men that day. Had one of them received the Holy Ghost coming out of the water. An amazing life-changing experience for me. And to see hunger. To realize that God truly is no respecter of persons. God doesn't care where we come from. He doesn't care what our background is. What he cares about is our hunger and our desire for him. Our willingness to humble ourselves and seek him and go to the blood. Verse number eight says, if we say that we have no sin, we deceive ourselves and the truth is not in us. If we confess our sins, he is faithful and just to forgive us our sins and to cleanse us from all unrighteousness. If we say that we have not sinned, we make him a liar and his word is not in us. Confess your sin. Amen. Make your way to an altar. Confess your sin. That that blood can cleanse you. It was a Reader's Digest article that told of a 67-year-old man. His name was Bill. Who had donated over 100 pints of blood over the years. There were many people that owed their life to this man's kindness and generosity. Bill said, they asked him how his donations would go over in heaven. And Bill said, when that final whistle blows and St. Peter asked, what did you do? I'll just say, well, I gave 100 pints of blood. He said, that ought to get me in. He was probably joking, but if he was serious, if he truly believes that his good deeds give him a ticket to heaven, he is fooling himself. And the reality is, is that if he's putting his trust in that, he has put his trust in the wrong blood. He put his hope in the wrong blood. 
Because it doesn't matter how many good things we do, how generous we are, and how much we give to the poor, and how many good works we've done. If we don't go to the blood of Jesus Christ, if we have not made our way through the altar, if we've not gone to that place and applied the blood of Jesus in our life, then we've still got sin. If we're ever going to get cleansed from sin, the only way we can ever be cleansed is to go through the blood. Hey man, I can't do enough good works. I can't give enough. I've got to go through the blood. There's no other way I can do it. We're not redeemed with corruptible things as silver and gold, but with the precious blood of Jesus. It's not the vain tradition passed down from our fathers, but it's through the blood. Egypt was locked up in bondage, or Israel was locked up in Egypt in bondage, slaves to a cruel taskmaster. Amen. They were, they were rough on all of the Jews that were there in Egypt. Very difficult life. They cried out to God and God heard their cry. He sent Moses and the plagues began to fall upon Egypt. Trying to get Pharaoh to let them go. But If I read my Bible correctly, that the Bible says that God hardened Pharaoh's heart. And then kept working Pharaoh over. One, he was trying to get to a place where Pharaoh would release him, lock, stock, and barrel, and just let him go. And, uh, and so the final plague that fell was a, the death angel was going to pass over. And every firstborn in the land was going to die. In Exodus chapter 12 and verse 3, it says, Speak ye unto all the congregation of Israel, saying, In the tenth day of this month they shall take to them every man a lamb, according to the house of their fathers, a lamb for an house. And if the household be too little for the lamb, let him and his neighbor next unto his house take it according to the number of the souls. Every man according to his eating shall make your count for the lamb. Your lamb shall be without blemish. A male of the first year, you shall take it out from the sheep or from the goats. And you shall keep it until the 14th day of the same month. The whole assembly of the congregation of Israel shall kill it in the evening. And they shall take of the blood and strike it on the two side posts and on the upper doorpost of the houses wherein they shall eat it. He said, I want you to put blood on the sides, on the top of the door. They shall eat the flesh in that night, roast with fire and unleavened bread, with bitter herbs. They shall eat it. Eat not of it raw, nor sodden at all with water, but roast with fire, his head with his legs and with the pertinence thereof. It wasn't a pleasant eating experience. Ye shall let nothing of it remain until the morning. That which remaineth of it until the morning, ye shall burn with fire. And thus shall ye eat it with your loins girded, your shoes on your feet and your staff in your hand. 
and ye shall eat it in haste. It is the Lord's Passover. For I will pass through the land of Egypt this night and will smite all the firstborn in the land of Egypt, both man and beast. And against all the gods of Egypt, I will execute judgment. I am the Lord. And the blood shall be to you for a token upon the houses where ye are. And when I see the blood, I will pass over you. And the plague shall not be upon you to destroy you when I smite the land of Egypt. He said, if you put the blood on your doorpost, if you do what I've told you, if you kill the lamb, you put the blood on there, you eat the lamb, girded up, ready to travel, ready to move. He said, when I pass over, when I see the blood, I will pass over. That night, there was many a restless soul, I believe, in those houses. Amen. All of a sudden, they began to hear the wailing and the crying. The cries began to erupt as the firstborn began to die in every house where the blood was not applied. When he passed over, the firstborn in that house lost their life. But the ones who had applied the blood, the ones who had applied the blood, when he saw the blood, he passed over them. I tell you what, there's a day that's coming in every one of our lives. The Bible said it is appointed once unto man to die and then the judgment. Every one of us will stand before God in judgment. And I'm telling you, there's sin in our life. It's not going to go very good that day. But when he looks at us, if he sees the blood and all he can see is the blood, amen, that's going to be a great day. If the blood is been applied. Hallelujah. He's going to look and he's going to read over that book. But if that book's been wiped clean by the blood of Jesus, we're not going to have to worry about where we spend eternity if we pass through the blood. He'd stand with me this morning. Hallelujah. 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 I don't know who I'm trying to preach to this morning. Amen. But I feel such a burden today. Amen. We've got to go through the blood. We've got to make that place of death, that altar with all that blood, with all that stuff that goes on. We've got to go through the blood if we're ever going to make it. Oh, but you see, I, I did that one time and I applied the blood. Well, I don't believe the blood today will cover our future sin. I can be cleansed today by the power of the blood. But if I go and sin tomorrow, Today's repentance ain't going to take care of tomorrow. 
And though I may have gone and had that blood applied, if I go back to sin, amen, at some point I've got to go back to the blood. I've got to go back for a cleansing. I've got to go back and be washed again. That way when I do stand before him, all he'll see is the blood. All he'll see is the blood. Because I took the time to go by Calvary. I took the time to go by a stream that still flows with blood. I took time to go by the blood that has never lost its power. It's never lost its ability to cleanse. Amen. He's still cleansing lives today. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Amen. If there's something in your life today, amen, I'd ask of you, please don't leave this place without coming by an altar. Don't leave this place without finding the blood again. Don't leave this place without coming for a cleansing. Oh, you may have it hidden way down deep somewhere, but I'm telling you, God still knows it's there. He still sees it. You've got to go by the blood. And let the blood of Jesus cleanse you today. Hallelujah, hallelujah, hallelujah. Every head bowed, every eye closed today. I believe today that God is asking of us to do a self-examination. Be honest with ourselves. Amen. If there's need for His blood, amen. His blood is here for us. His blood is available if you want to come to the blood. If you want to come by the source of our strength, the source of salvation, you've got to go through the blood. You've got to go through the blood. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Can we look down deep inside today and see if there be anything? Hallelujah. This altar's open if you'd like to come and talk to the Lord. Hallelujah. If you'd like to come and make sure the blood is still there. If you'd like to come and get a fresh cleansing from the blood of Jesus. If you'd like to come and pass through the blood again. If you'd like to come and talk to Him, please, please. Please don't leave this place without going by the altar. Hallelujah. Don't leave this place without going through the blood.